0: Hey morning, freeway. Uh, coming to you from our front room in our house here, uh, in our lounge room here. I'm just waiting on some uh, test results to come back to make sure I don't actually have COVID-19. So I'll probably be watching the service online, um, probably right up till about now, and then I might go get a cup of coffee. I hope the family service this morning has been great and uh, has given you a new appreciation uh, for the Christmas story. Uh, we've. We've heard, or we actually you've heard, uh, the Christmas story from the inside of our, our kids this morning, which has kind of given us a, added another layer to, to what we've been hearing about the Christmas story over the last month. We've been in this series called uh, A Christmas Playlist. Um, its its title and its structure, uh, its headings have been borrowed from a book that Alistair Begg actually wrote called A Christmas Playlist. Um, and he looks at the first four songs recorded at the beginning of Luke's Gospel, and how they inform and how they enrich our understanding of the historic events and things that took place at the at the first nativity of Christmas. So it's probably actually could be called Luke's um, Christmas playlist, really. And, the, and there's songs that are in response to an explanation of the arrival of Jesus, uh, who he is, and, and what he's come to do. Songs about uh, the glory and greatness of Jesus. Songs about his His royal kingship, uh, his divine lordship and the salvation and the peace that he will bring personally to people, to their souls. In fact every time we hear from someone uh, in in these opening chapters, be it an angel or or be it by a person that's been led by the Spirit to speak or in in these cases to sing uh, in Luke's gospel, we learn a little bit more about who Jesus is and what he's come to do. And while the testimony around Jesus and these, and these songs, if you like, has been extraordinary, again, time and time again, we see that those delivering the songs, those singing the songs, apart from the old angel, uh, are just ordinary people. Uh, you know, a teenage girl and um, her blue-collar Chippy, and we know Chippy's a pretty ordinary husband, an old priestly couple from out on a farm, you know, uh, some shepherds that, that have been in there, and now uh, a man called Simeon. It's been the way uh, that the writers of these songs are just everyday people of faith. And today we come to the song of Simeon. But it's a song with a little bit of a a different vibe. Up until now, the songs have all been about, you know, the qualifications, the characteristics and the the purpose of Jesus. The what's and the why's, if you like. And while this song continues uh, a little bit of those themes through it, it also introduces the how of Jesus. How is it that this King, this Lord, this Messiah, this this perfect person with divine origins, how is it that he will save his people from their sins? How is it that he will bring peace? How is it that he's going to close the distance between God and humanity? How is it that this little baby is going to be the one to reconcile us back to God? We're setting for Uh, the release of this song as it drops on iTunes, and that's Israel Tunes. If you've ever wondered uh, what that's about, it's actually the temple. It's now actually 40 days after the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph have traveled uh, to Jerusalem. This is the second time that they've traveled there. The first time would have been uh, eight days after the birth of Jesus to be circumcised and to to receive the covenant sign of being a true son of Abraham and also to give him the name that the angels had instructed uh, Mary and Joseph to give him the name Jesus, which actually means the Lord saves. Uh, this journey of Jesus' parents to the temple is a little bit before our song that we read this morning. It's there in 22 to 24, and it combines uh, three separate ceremonies recorded in God's law. These laws address the, uh, the social and the spiritual lives of God's people. These, these laws, the law is very practical, particularly in this one. It legislates the care of women uh, after the, recovering from childbirth. It gives them this 40 days of maternity leave, if you like. Uh, these laws are theological in that they remind us uh, that, that about the issue of sin, that even in something as blessed and, and as beautiful as new life and birth, sin is still a problem. Sin is constantly dogging us from from the, the cradle to the grave, just destroying all things. Still sin still reigns and we need God's provision. Even at this, at this moment we still need God's provision to deal with it. And again, Luke doesn't want us to miss that this is the reason why Jesus has come into the world. This is the reason why he was born. And these laws that they're there to fulfill are also very relational in that they are a way for sinful people to still demonstrate their love and obedience to God. It's a means through which people show that they love God and are approved by God in right relationship with God. The law is kept by those who love God and trust God and God... He approves of those who, who seek, even imperfectly seek, uh, to keep the law of God. The explanations for why Mary and Joseph are appearing at the temple with Jesus are, are sermons in themselves. And you can actually find them at the beginning of our Luke series. But here's what you need for today. You, you, you need to know that this is the how. Today we see the how. How does God intend to save his people through Jesus? Through through to us. Uh, And we're going to grab three things. It's always more difficult recording these sermons. We're going to see that he does it through fully identifying uh, with us. Uh, We see the how is through God's uh, ability to keep promise and also the how is on our behalf. Well, Luke records for us in verses 22 to 24 how Jesus, even though he is God in the flesh, had no sin to deal with. It's already in perfect relationship with God that Jesus took no shortcuts uh, on living out his humanity and that included living under the law. That's what brings them to the temple. Uh, The association of Jesus here with humanity's need for cleansing is an early clue that Jesus would one day uh, be our bearer of sins. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And in Galatians he writes, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. By fully identifying with us, the Christmas story tells us that God has come to bring our salvation. This is the how. He's come to bring peace personally. The how is not a holy God keeping His distance from us but rather calming and and humbly and and in humiliation, he enters into our experience of life. That's the the first how, if you like. We read in verses 25 and onward that also at the temple on this day, and again, we keep finding Luke as we've gone through Luke, locating things in actual history, in actual places, with real people. We find on this day that Mary and Joseph turn up to the temple, that there is a devout and righteous man named Simeon. In fact, he spends every day at the temple. And the reason he spends every day at the temple is because he has received a personal promise from God that he would live to see Israel's deliverer. That he would live to see the fulfillment of God's promise in his space which is the second how of Christmas, through promise fulfillment. God does precisely what he promises he will do. We don't know much about Simeon, apart from the fact of what around things that Luke records here. And most people think that Simeon is old because of the opening line of his song there in verse 29. He says that he's ready to depart in peace, which is where this song actually gets its, its name from, uh, Didymus, which actually means now let depart. But that peace that he's singing about, that peace about death, has nothing at all to do with how old he is or what his age is and has everything to do with the fact that he is seeing and perceiving God's salvation. The peace that the angels had promised, you know, peace that they promised in their song, has now become a reality in Simeon's life, in his own soul. Simeon has been described as this righteous and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation means the coming of comfort and peace, the ending of fear. It's a word attached to the deliverance of God through his Saviour, the Messiah, for his people. He will bring Israel's consolation. Simeon, this unknown figure, has perceived and understood that that is exactly what is to be found in this child. When Jesus is presented at the temple, it won't be some high priest or some religious or political dignitary, some social influencer that's got you know 20,000 followers on their Insta account, some kind of king of culture that goes down in history as identifying uh, our Saviour. It will basically be this unknown figure who just waits faithfully uh, for God to fulfill his promise. And that's how uh, he gets written in to this story. Now, this waiting that this faithful person is doing is not a, not a passive activity. He's not sitting at home, you know, waiting while watching Netflix. No, he's out. He's canvassing the temple grounds. He's, he's, he's looking for potential messiahs. Now, this waiting and this faithfulness is also kind of counter-cultural. What everybody else is, is looking to the seats of power for the messiah. Simeon is running around, peering into the faces of babies. Now, babies don't command armies or shape politics. They actually need their mum to cart them around and clean up all of their mess. It's it's not where we would usually look to find someone who's going to bring salvation, who's going to bring peace and all these things. Simeon is checking each child as it comes through. When Mary and Joseph approach, a very unique moment takes place. The Holy Spirit floods Simeon's heart and mind with a confidence that this is the child. God will bring consolation to his people in this child. Simeon just takes uh, Jesus from Mary's arms in a real kind of Lion King uh, moment, holds him up and starts to give praise to God because his soul is at peace. He he has seen, which is a word that's not just about sight but has attached to its meaning to perceive, uh, to understand the meaning of something His understanding is not that this child will one day bring consolation, but rather that this child is the consolation. And that is why Simeon is at peace. Simeon hasn't just been at an event. He has perceived what this moment means. And as Simeon sings through verses 30, 32, the scope of God's promise fills the temple courts. This consolation of the soul attached to Jesus has has not been, nor will it be some kind of secret. It's been made known for years. It's what the law and the prophets have pointed to and promised. It's it's a narrative and a promise that God has prepared and is now making known in the presence of all peoples. It's not a teaching. It's not another, it's not another teaching. It's not a concept. It's not a set of practices, more laws to follow, these kind of things. No, it's an actual person. The offer of salvation and peace with God will... Not uh, not be confined to Israel either. It is for all people, and the qualifications to find this peace, to find this consolation, is not piety or religious heritage or race, but in seeing, uh, perceiving Jesus for who God has promised Him to be, who He claims Him to be, the fulfilment of God's promise to save the soul from sin and bring peace. Uh, the 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 that means like that all fear is gone. God has made himself approachable, knowable, so the humble can hear, the, the broken can approach, the needy will see a savior that comes to them uh, on, on common ground, if you like. Simeon understands that God never intended to come kind of compliant with the social expectations of a mighty military or political figure that has always promised to come As the consolation of the soul for us as people. Not to give us more of what we have, but to reconnect us with what we've lost. Peace with God. No fear in the soul to the point that even death has been disarmed. Like, I can depart in peace, Simeon says. When Simeon's eyes fall on Jesus, the Holy Spirit lets him know that he has seen God's promised salvation. And even though, unlike uh, you and I, a Simeon is without the full story of how Jesus does that, he knows, he just knows beyond the Holy Spirit speaks, he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that this child will be the means through which Simeon finds peace, through which all people will find peace and approval with God. Not in their righteous acts and in their devout lives, but in their trust that all the promises of God are found and attached to this child. And this is how God saves. This is another how by keeping his promises through the person of Jesus. As the song continues uh, with a blessing there in in verse 34 Simeon also reveals that Jesus will be uh, the object of opposition. Jesus will cause the rise and fall of many. The conflict is not between nations and armies and political parties but between hearts that find peace in Jesus and hearts who find offense in Jesus. As God's Messiah, Jesus will expose the the true stance of people's hearts towards God. They may like God, they may speak well of him, pray to him, do all the right things, but it's actually what they do with Jesus, Uh, how they perceive him or or, or who, who he is, that will actually bring peace or desolation. Not everybody takes the news that they are enemies with God despite their goodness, despite their affluence, their success, their power and their prestige and their religious party, not everyone takes that news peacefully. Not everyone hears the news that they need saving with joy. Grace is always a hard pill to swallow. Not everybody celebrates uh, when people find joy and peace. Uh, not everyone celebrates seeing that in other people, seeing other people reconcile with God and having their whole lives transformed by the presence of his character. That doesn't always please people. Simeon's prophecy about opposition to Jesus shows us another thing. It shows us from the very beginning that the how of our salvation, of our receiving peace, including suffering, included, sorry, included his suffering, included his rejection. These things were not unexpected. They were not a a surprise development. But the fulfillment of all that Jesus did On our behalf the how the how does God save us how does he bring peace how does he bring consolation to our souls is through his experience of conflict his fulfilling of the law with no shortcuts his rejection and judgment his desolation and death on a cross he has borne the effects of sin himself on our behalf rejected despised hung on a cross where he substituted his perfect life for our imperfect one. Where he bore the wrath of God so that we could know the peace of God. Where he was cut off from God so that we could know the presence of God, come near to God, so we could have consolation of the soul and live faithfully and prayerfully and worshipfully. That we could live ah, these lives waiting for his return. You know, Luke, and uh, not the gospel writer, but Luke McCarthy, finished our kids' retelling of the Christmas story with one of the most famous verses out of John's gospel. That God so loved us that he sent or gave his son so that whoever believed, that is, whoever perceived and understood uh, the sending and the giving of, of Jesus would not perish, would not end up in desolation, but would have eternal life, would live eternally with consolation. It turns out that all these songs that we've been looking at all the way through this series are actually love songs, and they should warm our hearts with peace as we approach Christmas. Let's pray. Loving God, I want to thank you again for the opportunity to look into your Gospels, to look into this, this these historic records of your son as he comes to us. And this morning, as we've looked at the how, how is it that you come? How is it that you said we see that these are very real things, they're not abstract, uh, they're not just figments of people's imaginations, but they're they're concrete. That you coming personally, that they're, they're, they're promises being fulfilled, and, and it's the history of Jesus coming and dealing with our sin for us. And we give you thanks for that this morning. The, the whole story of our consolation begins at the, at the nativity of Christmas and moves its way through uh, to the cross. We, we are grateful for it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.